Blog Talk Radio. back to another episode of the Chris and DJ show. I am your host, Chris Shanafelt. He is former Chicago Bear, uh, DJ Moore. As always, you guys can follow him on Twitter at DJ Moore 30 You guys can give me a follow at Chris Shanafelt. If you guys want to join the conversation, 917-889-2653 is the call-in number. Or, of course, you could uh, send over your questions and comments through Twitter as well. Um, again, welcome back to the second episode of the Chris and DJ show. Hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, DJ, how are we feeling this uh, this evening? Man, I'm doing all right, man. Just had fill my belly up with some pizza, and now I'm just <laughs> tired and lazy, man. Hey, it's been, a, it's been a really busy day in sports. We got the college football playoffs going on right now. Georgia is uh, behind Oklahoma. Uh, 31-17, been a very busy day in the NFL, my friend, and uh, starting off right here in the city of Chicago, uh, you know, it it was probably the worst-kept secret uh, for quite a few weeks now, and that is uh, Chicago Bears, they they officially fired John Fox, it looks like this was going to happen now for uh, really all season long, it, it, I mean, the, the writing has been on the wall for John Fox. And uh, after a 5-11 and finish this season, a loss to the Vikings, a complete uh, an official 5-11 and record for this season. Um, you know, I, I believe he was 14-36 uh, and, and 36 or, or, or close to that throughout his three years here in Chicago. Just wasn't getting done, and uh, everybody's seen this coming. But today, this morning, it became official – uh, John Fox, no longer the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Uh, your, your instant uh, reaction when, when this news officially came out and uh, uh, some, some analysis by the former Chicago Bear. Uh, I think it just, it just makes sense. Um, you, know, you come in last year and you struggle, and then you don't improve uh, this year. Um, you draft the quarterback really high and, and don't get you know much out of him. Um, and you see around the league, young quarterbacks, man, going to the next level. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, a lot of a lot of coaches around the league are look. I mean, a lot of teams are looking for a. How can I find somebody who's going to take, you know, my young quarterback to the next level? Because in the NFL, that's what it's about. You know, taking your quarterback, you know, to the next level. And was John Fox the guy that was going to take uh, Mr. Bishy to the next level? Well. I didn't think so, and guess what? Somebody else didn't think so as well. So uh, he's a good coach, but I just think there's always times where you have to move on. Right, and Ryan Pace, the Bears general manager, he met with the media about uh, two hours ago uh, for for a good half hour, 45 minutes. They actually extended his contract uh, for another two years, so he's here in Chicago for the next four years, kind of tying him with the uh, next head coach that they hire. Usually you see – uh, head coach deals last for about four, maybe five years. So uh, obviously Ryan Pace, his future is already connected with uh, with Mitch Trubisky, and uh, you know the the success the young quarterback will have that that's 
that's what Ryan Pace is going to be looked at. But uh, he'll also be uh, be uh, be looked at by this uh, new hiring uh, of the head coach. A lot of people felt in. Um, there, there's a lot of different stories out there that uh, John Fox was not Ryan Pace's guy. Obviously, the Bears um, went with Ernie Acorsi, who was a, a former NFL general manager, and uh, he was their consultant throughout the uh, last coaching uh, vacancy, and uh, th- that's how John Fox came in. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what direction the Bears and Ryan Pace decide to go. Um, what, what about that two-year extension, though, to Ryan Pace? Does that make sense to you? I, I thought um, it did. I mean, ah. That's tough. Um, well, and it's tough because it's like, well, he come on the record just, just to tell everybody, like, it wasn't me. It was him or him who who hired him. It wasn't me. He wasn't my guy. So I shouldn't be judged off of what he did, essentially what he's saying. And I'm assuming they bought it because they said, huh, here's an extension. So <laughs> go and get the guy that you want. So if the next coach struggles, then – his head will probably be on the chopping block. Uh, but you can tell, I mean, when you have the interview and say, hey, listen, he wasn't my guy, or uh, reports are coming out that he wasn't your guy. Like, you know, I mean, you know how information gets out there. I mean, you put it out there so they can hear so you won't judge me on this situation. So now he's going to try to find somebody and marry him to, you know, this young quarterback. And it's always hard, you know, to, to find somebody who, who's going to develop these young quarterbacks. So, it's just, it's just time. I, and and it's, it's going to be hard to choose, too, because right now you have a trend of you got the young, exciting coaches, and they're coming in. you got um, the young guy over with the Rams. He's, what, like 31, 32. Uh, that's working out. So do you go younger, somebody who kind of relates to the kids? Um, do you go, like, Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator or the Rams offensive coordinator? Like, who do you, like which direction do you go? So he got his hands you know, kind of, you know, cut out for them. Well, there, there's been two names so far that has come out that, that the Bears are, are certainly interested in and will bring in for at least an interview, one being John DeFilippo, the uh, quarterback coach over in Philadelphia, who See? has uh, really done wonders with uh, Carson Wentz. And uh, the other DJ is a guy that you have conne- a connection with. I'm not, I mean, he's one of your former coaches, and that's Steve Wilkes, the defense coordinator in Carolina, who was also the uh, defensive backs coach, if I'm not mistaken, uh, back when you were there. Um, give us some insight on Steve Wilkes, and uh, is this a guy that you think could be head coach? Maybe not necessarily for the Bears, but is this a guy that you like seeing get an opportunity for an interview and maybe one day, whether it's with the Bears or not, you could see him being a head coach of an NFL franchise? Uh, yeah, he he's a very energetic guy. Uh, he knows his stuff. Uh, he's been around a lot of – a lot of good coaches. Uh, whenever he's been somewhere, he's done, you know, a really great job. Um, now, I only dealt with him on the defensive side of the ball, so I'm not sure how he will be with, you know, handling a complete team. He has, I think he has a personality for it. Of course he does, but it just, you know, only time will tell. Um, and then, you know, it's with him uh, being a black guy too, it, I mean, it's just, it's just different, you know. I know people don't like to hear that, but it's just – it's a little bit harder sometimes. And if you get in there and you mess up or somebody messes up before you, like uh, probably in Denver, I think it's Joseph. He'll probably be fired probably after one year. I think reports were saying, I don't know if he got fired already. Um, so it, it's just a, it's just a tougher road, I believe. So I, I don't know. I, th- I think he should be a head coach. Uh, but it's going to be tough because he is a defensive coordinator. Uh, now, 
McDermott, who left uh, Carolina, went to the to the Bills. Is doing he did fine. So that that goes well for you uh, also. Um, so you know, do teams want more offense, more defense? I know he's a defensive mind. And coaching for him has got to be well. You know, who are you going to bring on as an offensive coordinator? Are you bringing on whoever you had with Carolina? You had a uh, you know a connection with somebody from a couple of your old teams. So his interview process is probably going to be you know really big for him. You know, breaking everything down and try to you know sell people on. Hey, man, I should be a head coach. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. So again, Steve Wilkes, John D. Filippo, the two two of the names that have so far come out. Uh, that the Bears will be bringing in uh, for an interview for their head coach vacancy. Well, I, now, I if thought... I can ask you a question though, what, so what type of coach? And I, I'm I'm not I'm in Spartanburg. I know you down in, in Chicago all the time. Like, first of all, like what kind of coach do you want? And then what kind of coach are you getting? You know, fans and people from around the area. What type of kind of guy they want? Yeah. Well, the the field. I mean, for me personally. Uh, you know, I, I don't need the, the big time personality. You know, I, like I was fine with a coach like a Lovey Smith, you know, or, or, you know, uh, I'm not saying I, I you know, I'll take a, a Dabo Swinney or, you know, you know, I, I don't, I don't care Dabo for it, but I, I mean, <laughs> if, if, if it brings wins, if it brings wins, then, then come on and bring the personality with you. But, uh, you know, in, in a city like Chicago, uh, you know, if you have a big personality and, uh, you know, you're you're not winning, you know, they're, they're going to come after you. You know how the Chicago media is, DJ. And really, I yep. think that's all the fans want, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, th- th- there's been, uh, you know, some rumbles about maybe uh, Jim Harbaugh, who, who was a quarterback for the Chicago Bears and obviously now coaching at the University of Michigan. Um, if he could come and coach the Bears and there's been those type of rumors or uh, re- really, I don't really know if they're true rumors, but it- it's kind of like this hope that he could come and coach the Chicago Bears. That that's the kind of feel that I I see from a lot of fans. I think it's just that ex-player huh. connection that like they want to well, see. He, and, and he is impressive. Like whatever he's been, I mean, mm-hmm. he get there and they win. Like that's what he does. I mean, he brings a whole attitude with him and if they got him I mean I just like the way he coached I mean like something we talked about maybe on the last show with Kaepernick and Alex Smith like he he seems to get the best out of his players um I remember I watched a video not too long ago about he was rapping at some concert I'm like man he'll do anything he can do you mean to get out there and recruit and coach so I think he's one of those all-in guys that's gonna make sure something happens so I don't know, man. Uh, it's going to be interesting, though, a process, that's for sure. And, and, hey, I mean, like you said, I mean, he, he's kind of a, a proven guy. I mean, he, he was able to turn out, turn around the San Francisco 49ers, lead them to the Super Bowl. Obviously, they didn't win it. Got them there, though. And then we've seen what has happened with the 49ers since he's left, um, one of the worst teams in the NFL since Harbaugh has uh, been gone. And, and now they're, uh, what, on their third head coach since he's been gone. So, uh yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be. I don't really have a, a true name that I, I would say I want the Bears to go out, at, go after this guy and hire him tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I do want them to take their time, of course, and uh, make the right decision. I don't want them to go uh, like, like how Phil Emery did a couple of years back and, and go out of the blue and, and try to look smarter than everybody else and hire a guy from the CFL. We all seen how that went um, with Mark Tressman, but sometimes it works, uh, sometimes you know, it don't, man. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you know what? And, and you know the and maybe it was time for a, a change of scenery when when they when Phil Emery decided to 
to let go of Lovey Smith. I don't know, but uh, I, I think at least right now with this head coaching, uh, with, with the Bears firing John Fox, I think everybody knew that this kind, this had to happen. At least like back with Lovey Smith, there's there's true questions. I mean, Lovey just had a, a ten and six season. Uh, you, you guys did with, with the Bears back in 2012, I believe that was. Um, just missed the playoff. Um, so, so I mean, I, I mean, there, there's questions back when Lovey was fired. Uh, the last two guys, though, Tressman and Fox, I mean, it, it was just the, the writing was all on the wall. And, and that, that leads me to, to my next uh, topic, my next point of conversation, DJ. And, and that's, uh, you know, I said in the opening, I mean, this, this seems like it, it was just bound to happen, and everybody knew it was going to happen for weeks and weeks. Um, reports out there, John Fox knew that the, uh, yesterday's game against the Minnesota Vikings was going to be his last as the Chicago Bears head coach. But what about the players, though? What about in the locker room? When do you guys get a feel that, you know, there's a really good chance that this is going to be his last game coaching us? Uh, as as a player, you kind of know, because, well, the, you have, like, team meetings and stuff. And, like, you'll get the mood of, you know, how the coach is feeling about it or before the last couple of games. You can tell, like, you can you can sense it. You can hear it in his voice, certain words he used. Like, man, you know what? This is an exit speech. Um and it's like one of those, like, oh, okay, man, I appreciate the effort, farewell type situations. Um, but in, I think in the locker room, I think everybody is kind of, I ain't going to say scared to a certain degree, but really you should be worried because, like, this coach had a certain philosophy and he wanted you. Now when it's a new coach, well, he going to have a whole new set of philosophies, a whole different defense. He's going to have – Certain guys they're probably gonna come up with him. That's why you see every year is like when a coach changes uh, jobs or whatever, he kind of brings his guys along. You're not his guy, and the NFL is it stands for not for long. And it's like, oh my goodness, here we go again. Like you gotta recycle that. Everybody gotta be reevaluated. Uh, obviously, people who make the, the big guys like a Trubisky who making money or high draft pick, they're going to get obviously get a better chance. There's going to be a lot of those guys that are going to get swept under the rug uh, when things like that happen. Yeah, and we're seeing it now. Now, John Fox was the only head coach or, or the only coach, and Ryan Pace made this clear. He was the only coach that was relieved of his duties today. And technically, uh, you know, everybody else, the, the, the offense coordinator, defense coordinator, quarterbacks coach, you know, so on and so forth, uh, was retained. I, I mean, can can you see a, a head coach coming in? And, and I'm not saying keep all of the guys, but I mean, even like an offensive coordinator or, or even the defense coordinator, as impressive as uh, Vic Fangio is and, and was with the Bears, can can you see a guy really uh, agreeing to that? Would, would a new head coach uh, want want to just bring in a, a, a new hall of coaches, bring in his uh, own guys? Um, or, or would they be okay with maybe somebody proven like a Vic Fangio who uh, had success with, with his defenses in San Francisco, brought, uh, came over to Chicago, had, had immediate success right away here, and uh, this season they finished with a top ten defense. Uh, you know, is is somebody proven like that uh, make it a, a little bit easier to kind of uh, keep if that coach, of course, is uh, willing to stay as well? I think it makes it a little bit easier. But with that being said, I mean, the world just doesn't normally work that way. Uh, when I'm a coach, I'm probably talking to somebody, and I've already promised people jobs. Like, hey, when I get it, you're going to be my offensive coordinator. You're going to be my defensive coordinator. You're going to be my weightlifting coach. Uh, this group of people are going to cook the food. Like, 
like you have people already in place, people that you've like you grown to trust and and love and all that good stuff. So you can just go with the people that you know normally, uh, unless the GM says, "Hey, listen, I want this guy to stay in place." Then I mean that is what it is, and you got to see how you know the contract works out. But if it's a big name coach, he's going to bring probably bring everybody with him. Now, will he know the defensive coordinator good enough to say, okay, I'm fine with that? Um, but I think everybody already have all their guys in place. When you see it in college and pro, when a coach gets up and moves, everybody gets up, you know, and moves with them. You know what I mean? So I, you could see that happen. I'm sure it's, it's happened before. But more times than not, you're going to just bring in uh, your own guys because you're comfortable with them. Right. Right, and, and you know, you, you know, it, it's something funny, but you know, I mean, this is, uh, you know, when, when a coach gets fired and they bring a new a new hall of coaches, like you said, they're bringing in uh, new train, you know, sometimes new trainers, and, and like you said, even even down to the to the people that that's cooking the meals. Um, now, now, what exactly is it with the Chicago Bears? And it's every NFL franchise. Injuries are a part of the game, uh, but but it seems like the Bears, at least the last couple of years has been hit with injuries at least with key at key positions more than most franchises I'll, I'll say I believe I just counted uh on, on chicagobears.com the, the guy the list of uh players that were on injured reserve for this season and it was at 16 or 17 uh and, and it seems like it's been around that number the past uh, few years at least since John Fox has been here I'm not I'm not saying he's the reason why but there were reports that, uh, you know, maybe Kyle Long should have played this season or a, a reserve offensive lineman, Eric Cush, who towards the end of last season kind of proved his worth um, as a very uh, reliable uh, rotational piece on the offensive line. Um, you know, he, he missed all this season uh, due to a, a torn hamstring, I believe. Uh, you know, I, I mean, what, what's up? I mean, is it just, uh, you know, bad luck? I mean, what, what exactly is it? I think you could attribute the Zach Miller injury uh, to, to kind of bad luck and the injury-riddled uh, career that he's had over the past seven, eight years. But uh, what, what about what about the, the long list of players and the injuries the Chicago Bears have suffered uh, over the last few years? And, uh, you know, who who, who takes uh, the blame for, for that? Well, I don't think nobody – well, you know what? I would say probably the GM. Uh, I think every team has a lot of injuries. Um, but you don't really notice them that much on certain teams because you have players that in place. It's like that next man up mentality. And if the next man is good enough or if you've done your homework, that next man up should be good enough out to, to challenge that guy that, that was injured for his job. And what I see is it's like when guys get injured, it's like, well, the next man up is really not that good. And that falls to me on the GM's shoulders when you have the draft or – when you have the day after the draft, when you got to get free agents, or when free agents are coming in, you want to pick guys that are going to fit your system. That when somebody gets hurt, like everybody does, you're still going to be good. Uh, you see different teams. Like if somebody gets hurt in New England, it's like the guy that's backing them up is like, oh my goodness, he looks exactly the same. You know what I mean? Like now, certain teams, like you'll see it like with Green Bay, your quarterback get hurt. Well, should you have somebody behind him? I know you can't replace. You know, Aaron Rodgers, different guys like that, but it's just you want them to look the same. 
um, what was it? I forgot when this was, but in New England, when Tom Brady got hurt, Tom uh, Castle came in and won about 11 games. Like, that's what you want because you got to have that out of your GM and say, hey, listen, what are we doing? We got to make sure we got enough depth uh, in our system to make sure when somebody gets hurt, we got somebody to come behind them. And the backups just don't, they just don't look as good. No, no, they don't. And yeah, I mean, that that's, you know, yeah, that does fall on Ryan Pace's shoulders, not only free agent signings and, and we're, we're, you know, uh, what, Marcus Wheaton may have had six catches on the season, uh, making, I believe, uh, five and a half, six million dollars over the, uh, this season and next. Um, you know, I mean, it's both free agent signings uh, and uh, in the NFL draft. I mean, Mike Lennon, uh, got paid pretty handsomely uh, holding a clipboard for, uh, what, 12, 13 games this season. So, yeah, uh, I like your answer. And, yeah, it does have to fall on the uh, uh, on, on the team's general manager, in this case, Ryan Pace. Now, of course, DJ, uh, John Fox wasn't the only coach to be let go today. Uh, Chuck Pagano in Indianapolis, you know, again, kind of like John Fox. I mean, the writing was on the wall there maybe he should have been out of there a couple of years ago when they extended him and uh, Ryan Grigson a couple of years back I mean everybody thought that uh, Pagano was going to get fired instead a news release comes out that he signed a four-year extension and uh, mm-hmm. obviously didn't make it those four years and here he is uh, getting let go I, I think he could uh, get snatched up by Baltimore he was the former defense coordinator there before he got that head coaching job in Indianapolis the, the defense coordinator Dean Pease uh, uh, just retired in uh, Baltimore, so I could see that being a nice landing spot for Chuck Pagano. I don't know if he's getting another head coaching gig. Um, uh, another one that really surprised me, Bruce Arians, didn't get fired, but is calling it a career. He decides to retire. Bruce Arians, as uh, listeners may know, uh, when Phil Emery decided to hire Mark Trestman, uh, Bruce Arians actually uh, came in for an interview that year, and uh, he thought – He's been on record many times saying he thought the Bears' job was his. He was very surprised when he did not get that job offered by the Chicago Bears. But uh, he's calling it a career. One of my favorite uh, head coaches in the uh, in the NFL, and he's a guy with a with a with a quite quite a personality as well, DJ. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Arizona, what kind of direction they go towards, and maybe it's the end of uh, the Carson Palmer era there as well as uh, he's dealt with injuries the last couple of seasons and is getting up there in age. And uh, how about Jack Del Rio go from the Oakland Raiders? I mean, this is the guy that in February signed a four-year extension, and uh, that just goes to show you that uh, just because you signed in an extension doesn't mean you're going to be staying there for four years. He's gone not even a year later after signing that deal. Um, and, and, of course, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not laughing that these guys are losing their jobs. But uh, it, it is very unfortunate, of course. I mean, all these guys have families, and, and yeah, they're being paid nicely, but uh, this is obviously something they love, and you have to love in order to get uh, this far into the uh, into the game. But uh, Jack Del Rio gone, and, and it sounds almost uh, – it, it's, it's not official yet, but it sounds like John Gruden – and we were just talking last week, DJ, about the rumors of John Gruden possibly uh, going back to Tampa. Well, Tampa decided they're going to keep Dirk Cutter – uh, there for at least another season or two. And uh, it sounds like J- uh, John Gruden could be making his way back to Oakland, who, uh, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was, 12 years ago, uh, the Raiders actually traded John Gruden for a bunch of draft picks to Tampa and uh, ended up losing in the Super Bowl to that uh, John Gruden uh, coach Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, team that season. Sounds like John Gruden, uh, it's almost a, it's it's as close to being official as it could be. 
uh, could be the uh, next Oakland Raiders head coach. I mean, uh, I've kind of bounced around here uh, on a few different teams, DJ. Well, what's kind of stuck out to you uh, over the past 24 hours or so uh, about these uh, head coach, oh, new head coach vacancies? Well, obviously the the Oakland one was – I ain't going to say it was surprising because especially with it, – it's just a, a win-now league. And when you have a win-now league and you got a coach out there that everybody admires in, in um, John Gruden, it's just like if it wasn't John Gruden, Dale Rio would probably still have his job. But since it is John Gruden, then you got to get up out your seat. I don't – to be honest with you, I don't know how many other than probably Belichick um, and maybe Sean Payton, which I think he's kind of ingrained in, in New Orleans. If he were to say, I wanted that job, I don't know how many owners would have just, wouldn't have just got up and just let their head coach go. Like they hold him to that, you know what I mean, to that high of a standard. Now I know he won the, you know, the Super Bowl, what was it, once. I mean, with Tampa, they had a really good team with Rince Gannon. And I know the reports were saying that, you know, I think he, Rich Gannon was supposed to be on his staff. So it seems like, you know, Derek Carr, who's an excellent quarterback who struggled a little bit this year, uh, is about to, I guess, get an upgrade, I assume, at, at the coaching position. But hopefully he can coach them boys on defense because um, they had a lot of problems this year that I don't think they had uh, last year. Um, Arians retiring, uh, that's a, and we talked about, uh, Wilkes earlier at Carolina, I think that would be a great job for him because, I mean, they, they born, bred all the way through on defense. I think they have the personality, the personnel, you know, for him to be, you know, probably the next coach in Arizona. But he's, there's so many of them. And you said Fox, obviously. I think Jim Caldwell got fired, which makes sense. Um, but it's, it's yeah. Detroit, man. Like, I can't explain it to you. It's just, they're just not good. Um, they just, they great at being okay. Like he's like, what are they? They just okay. Uh, they right around there. They may make it. They may not make the playoffs. Um, um, I remember when Marinella was there, they went. What they went zero and sixteen. So they 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 yep. not, they find we're not going zero and sixteen. But they just they just great at being you know okay. I think the big surprise is probably their Rio. But then once you throw John Gruden name in there, well, it doesn't seem like a surprise anymore. Right. Right, yeah, and you know, you, you mentioned Jim Caldwell, man. I mean, hey, with the Detroit Lions, I mean, they, they've gone through some rough years, and I know I can't talk. I mean, I'm, I'm a Bears fan. We've gone through some tough years as well. Um, but with uh, the, the Detroit Lions, man, I mean, they, they've suffered, a, like you said, they're okay. I, I think they're perfectly fine with being okay after suffering that 0-16 season. I mean, anything after that, you know, you, you get four or five wins, eight wins, you know, you're you're probably waking up with a smile on your face after going through that Owen Team season. Yeah. And, and DJ, speaking of Owen 16 seasons, uh, we have another one, the Cleveland Browns, Owen 16. And uh, we haven't heard anything about their uh, head coach, Hugh Jackson. Uh, you know, last week we spoke a little bit. They have a new general manager, John Dorsey, coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, very experienced. Uh, at, at building teams, building rosters, but Jimmy Haslam, the uh, owner of the Cleveland Browns, he's gone. He's come out and said that uh, Hugh Jackson is going to be the head coach of that team next season. Uh, it, it's pretty hard to believe that a coach could, uh, you know, have a, a, a season as bad as Cleveland did, 0-16. Uh, 
um, and, and still retain that coach. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I believe it or not, though. I mean, I, it's gonna. I, I'll believe uh, Hugh Jackson will be the team's head coach next season, week one of the regular season. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's hard to say because if you have a situation like, say, if like Jack Del Rio say, "Hey, man, you know what? I want to come coach Cleveland." You know, would you move? Uh, Hugh Jackson, who was a good coach, but would you move Hugh Jackson for Del Rio? You, at this point in their careers, you probably would. Same way that happened with you know Del Rio. So you got to just think about man, you know, if somebody approaches him and he get you know offer that they can't refuse. Um, for the most part, man, this year though they competed. You know, they was in games for at times they just couldn't finish it. But when you have a you know when you have a rookie quarterback, that does make sense. Um, but if you keep changing everything, you're going to have a rookie quarterback every year, and you're going to struggle every year, I guess, until you find, um, you know, that, that one quarterback that you can sit with. But And it's hard these days, too, though, but you just you have to let the quarterback develop. I mean, I, to be honest, I like Kaiser. Now, is he mistake-prone? Yeah. I mean, I think Peyton Manning threw – in his rookie year, he threw a lot of interceptions. Um, I was a Cowboy fan. I think Troy Aikman, they maybe won one game. And he threw a lot of interceptions. So it happens to, you know, rookie quarterbacks. But nowadays when you have social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, listen, you get to bash everybody, and now they, you just you just don't allow anybody to develop because you see them so much you get to talk about it uh, all the time. So, they competed. Um, they just couldn't finish. I mean, they lost thirty-one to twenty-eight to the Colts, twenty-one to eighteen uh, to the Steelers. You know what I mean? Like they were there, but they just couldn't get it done. Twelve to nine, twelve to nine in overtime with the Titans, seventeen to fourteen with the Browns. So these are games where better teams will come out and win. Okay teams will come out and win. Some of them bad teams don't win any of the close games. Um, so they're there. They just have to get the motivation and kind of figure it out. So staying with that coach, uh, to me, it, it, it makes sense. I understand the record is what it is. Um, but <laughs> if you want any continuity, man, you're going to have to have the same coach because if you come in with a new coach, ain't, ain't no telling what results you're going to get. You guys are tuned into the Chris and DJ show. I'm Chris Shanfield. He's DJ Moore, the former NFL defensive back. DJ, we're going to take a quick break. You guys can give us a call if you guys would like uh, to, to chat with either DJ or I. You guys won't be looking forward to chatting with me. So if you guys would like to chat with DJ, uh, give us a call, 917-889-2653. You guys are tuned into the Chris and DJ show. We'll be right back in just a moment.
right, welcome back to the Chris and DJ show. I'm Chris Schanfeld. He's DJ Moore, former NFL defensive back. And, uh, DJ, we were just uh, talking about the uh, NFL head coach vacancies. It is, uh, you know, Black Monday, as they call it in the NFL, the day after the regular season. And uh, it's the day where we see most, if not uh, all, of uh, the uh, jobs that will be open throughout the offseason. You're not welcome Uh, here anymore. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's 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 what is said, or, or that's what was said to uh, John Fox, Chuck Pagano, and, and quite a few other guys here uh, in the NFL. And I'm sure we'll still see a couple more uh, shake out uh, over the next uh, few days, uh, if not weeks. Um, but with that said, the NFL regular season is officially over. It's really amazing how how fast this. This uh, this season flew by, and I say I find myself saying that every single season. Um, and now we look ahead to the NFL playoffs. <laughs> I could play the clip if I want to, DJ. I could play the clip um, to the NFL playoffs. We got the wild card week, of course, uh, starting next uh, next Saturday. We have some Saturday NFL football uh, starting off with the uh, Tennessee Titans taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, as we know, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs or the hottest team uh, in the league for, like, the first, I don't know, six, seven weeks to, to start off. I mean, everything. They were just hitting on all cylinders. The rookie running back, Kareem Hunt, was just on fire. Alex Smith was airing the ball out. Tyreek Hill was making big-time plays. Uh, the defense was stout. Uh, of course, that, that ended up fizzling out a, a little bit, and here they are now uh, in the wild-card round uh, taking on the uh, Tennessee Titans, hosting the Tennessee Titans, who is another team that, uh, you know, I, I almost want to say they kind of underachieved. I, I think a lot of people actually thought Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans could have won that division. Of course, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, who, who had an outstanding season, ended up uh, uh, snatching up that AFC South division. But uh, Tennessee was kind of un- underwhelming, I, I think it's safe to say. I mean, whether it's Marcus Mariota and the injuries that he suffered throughout the season, he didn't live up to the to the hype that a lot of people thought he was going to have. Of course, his Running mate uh, in the uh, 2013 NFL draft, was it? Uh, quarterback uh, Jameis Winston, he, he didn't have uh, a hot season either. That's neither here or there, though. But uh, Titans and Chiefs, uh, you know, two pretty good defenses. Uh, too often, I, I mean, I'll just say this. I, I think the Chiefs are the favorite to win this game. I'll probably go with the Chiefs as well, DJ. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I was really uh, underwhelmed by Tennessee and their performance this season. I'm not too sure I, I really buy them. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I, I think uh, I think this is going to be a game where we could actually see, uh, you know, a, a big game out of uh, both Alex Smith and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, Ty- Tyreek Hill is one of the more fun players to watch in the league. He's super dangerous. It's going to be interesting to see how they try and mock him up and, and how the Chiefs try to use him I mean are they going to use him in the backfield are they going to use him out of wildcat at receiver I mean this is the guy that you kind of put all over the field um so it, it should be a, a pretty entertaining game and hey NFL football on Saturday I'm not complaining uh but uh I'll go with the Chiefs over the Titans uh in, in this first game I, I and I truly would also say the same uh the Titans just I, I wouldn't say that they underachieved. I just think they did what they're supposed to do. They made the playoffs. I guess you can call that overachieving. Uh, I've never been, you know, a Mariota fan. He may come out and dazzle in this playoff game, but I thought I just think he's awful. I mean, he's 
but nobody really talks about it. Nobody really says anything about him. They kind of, you know, let him shrug it off. He's, I think he's off, and then he's not durable. He's always hurt. I mean, it's not a year where you look up and say, oh, where's Mariota? He's hurt. Um, but they work off, you know, a heavy, heavy run game. Um, and like you said, really good, uh, really good defense. Um, but I think the Titans are going to be too much. Uh, you got Tyreek Hill. And if, if they do, if the if the Chiefs can do what they did at the beginning of the year, I mean, I, to me personally, I don't think there's nobody that can stop them. Uh, they had Tyreek Hill in the backfield. They were splitting him out wide. He's running punts back. I mean, he does a little bit of everything. And then also with, you know, Alex Smith uh, not doing what he normally does is, I guess you say, manage the game. He was throwing it down the field, throwing it deep. Um, so if they can get all that, what they was doing at the beginning of the season, to be honest with you, this shit shouldn't be a contest. Um, but it is the playoffs. People step up. People play a little harder. Uh, people run a little bit faster. I remember when we was in the playoffs and, they was like, yeah, man, you know everybody's going to run a little bit fast. And I was like, oh, no, they not. Man, Cass was out there flying. Like, knew they was going to go home once again. Now, see, it was just like, oh, my goodness, they are running faster. Um, so, but everything picks up because, it's, it's, you know, it's win, you know, or go home. Uh, so, you know, both teams are going to be familiar with each other, going to watch all the friends from all year. So, you're going to have your keys and all this, so, hey, you know what they're going to do when they're in motion. You know this. You know what Tyreek Hill is. And that's what it's going to be. Can you stop Tyreek Hill or can you stop Kareem Hunt? I think you you got to force Alex Smith to beat you because if you force Tyreek Hill and, and Hunt to beat you, listen, they're going to do it. Uh, so you, you yeah. try to – the Titans should try to, you know, let, let, let Smith air it out, figure something out. But I got Titans. I'm to... I, mean, I mean, I go with the Chiefs. Okay, yeah, I was about to say you're gonna go with the Titans, huh? Okay, that that's no, I'm going with the Chiefs. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, and you know what? Uh, and now obviously stats are only half of it, maybe not even that, but uh, yeah, I, I'm looking looking at the stats, and I know Marcus Mariota has not been all that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think uh, if this was anybody else, or, or uh, you know, I mean, Marcus Mariota kind of seems like a sweetheart in the NFL. Everybody loves him. 13 touchdowns to uh, 15 interceptions, 3,200 yards, uh, sacked 27 times. And like you said, I mean, uh, not being available uh, throughout the, the, the season, uh, suffering those injuries, not being so durable. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, he has not, not been good, not been good. Certainly the worst year he's had in the NFL. And, uh, again, it's been tough for the guy that went ahead of him in the NFL draft as well, Jameis Winston. But, uh, yeah, it was a tough one for Marcus Mariota and the uh, Titans. They're probably lucky that they're here. They're 9-7. They're and seven, But, hey, you know what? Flip the, flip the page. Look, look ahead. And, uh, you know, from here on out, it, it's one game at a time. And, uh, you know, like you said, win or go home. And, uh, you know, I, I think we both feel pretty good that the Chiefs could win this game, and they probably should win this game. I think there's no doubt that they're uh, the better overall team. But uh, we'll see who shows up on Saturday. Yeah. The other game that will be played on Saturday, DJ, the Atlanta Falcons taking on the uh, Los Angeles Rams. The Rams hosting the playoff, uh, playoff game uh, for the first time, and I don't even know how long. I mean, it's, it's been years since uh, they've made it to the playoffs. Sean McVay has – uh, really turned this team around, and, and uh, the players are, are playing some really damn good football. Quarterback uh, Jared Goff, I mean, I don't think anybody, you know, it, it, for those who were maybe calling him a bust, and it wasn't looking good after last year, right? I, I didn't have much confidence in Jared Goff, but uh, I, I don't know if I was calling him a bust just yet, 
But uh, he really was. stepped up and, and he had a huge sophomore year. DJ, get out of here with that. Uh, you <laughs> were. And, and of, of course, Todd Gurley. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that you could probably uh, argue uh, may, maybe he should be in the conversation for MVP, uh, Todd Gurley, that is. And, uh, again, that, that defense, man, that de- that defensive line has been the strength of that defense for uh, many years. And, uh, obviously, Aaron Donald. Uh, being the anchor uh, of that defense is an absolute monster. Um, and, and the Falcons almost, they, they snuck in. They almost didn't make the playoffs, man. They, they, uh, they, they, it was between them and Seattle. Seattle ended up losing their game, I, I believe, and uh, Atlanta was able to sneak in. And uh, here they are, the, the NFC uh, champs from a year ago, sneaking into the playoffs. I, I do think this could be a team that you don't want to sleep on. I mean, we we know Matt Ryan. He could be on. He can be off. Not not very consistent. But uh, if he gets hot, then then watch out. And of course, you're gonna watch out for uh, Julio Jones and the two headed monster they have in the backfield, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. This is a game that really piques my interest here. Uh, and it's it's tough. I'm gonna lean with the home team. I'm gonna take the Rams. But I think it's gonna be a very close game. And I'm gonna be interested to see how the Rams defense. Uh, tackles on uh, Julio Jones and company in this matchup. Yeah, and and like you said, it's very interesting because you're going to have, you know, Jerry Goff in the playoffs for the first time with his nerves to get at him. You're going to have pretty much, you gonna I guess that's about all of them probably in the playoffs for the first time, it seemed like. But you got a running back in Ty Gurley who is just awesome. He's big. He can run through you. And then when he get in the open field, you can forget it. You ain't go catch him. Um, so for Atlanta, well, can you stop, you know, the run game? Then they also have Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods, who came over from Buffalo, who can do anything in Buffalo. But with the Rams, they <laughs> look awesome. You know what I mean? So it's – and with Atlanta, it's just it's just so confusing because they can be – Atlanta is who they was in the Super Bowl. Like, they can be really good. They can be up on you, and they can look like the best team in the world, and then all of a sudden it's like, where did y'all go? Like, did anybody set the alarm? Could you wake them up? If they don't wake up soon, the game is going to be over with, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my goodness, what happened to them? Now, they did sneak into the playoffs, and I think they're a very dangerous team. If I'm the Rams, the team I probably didn't want to play was probably the Falcons, Uh, but I think the Rams do have the formula to defeat them because – like you said, Aaron Donald, Quinn coming out of the head, Ogletree, Lama, like they have the defense to frustrate Matt Ryan. And when he gets under pressure, he is awful. If he has time, he can find everybody he needs to find. But when he's under pressure, uh, you can turn that into turnovers and a lot of different things. Um, this team, this Atlanta team is not the same team they were last year. I don't know if it's because – you know, a new offensive coordinator is coming in or what it is, but they're not spreading the ball around like they were. They're not in sync. So if they can get that back, man, I would love to pick Atlanta. But at this particular point, I just think just Aaron Donald alone coming up, that pressure up the middle um, when you can't step up as a quarterback and you got speed off the edge, I mean, that's that's really, really uh, going to be tough. Um, but I, I I think it's gonna be a close game, and I think it can go either way. I'm a, I'm gonna go obviously. I'm gonna just go with the Falcons just because I think I think <laughs> Matt Ryan is. I think this team just like they snuck in and they like you know what they still trying to figure it out from last year. 
And when you see a team make, collapse like that, but they still make the playoffs, I mean, that's a, to me, that's a really, really big accomplishment. Like, a lot of teams would have had a collapse like that and wouldn't have been back in the playoffs. So I, I think Atlanta uh, magically is going to get this thing rolling, man, and they're going to roll over the rounds. Yeah, I, I, we'll I, I played yeah, about man, the rounds for a long time, but still. <laughs> hey, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think, I mean, seriously, a so point toss. It should be a really, really good close game. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, I mean, something you brought up, the nerves. The nerves, and, you know, it's it's the most important uh, position uh, on the team, quarterback. You know, it's his first time. It's, it's like you said, most of the roster, it's all their first time playing in a playoff game. And, uh, obviously, the Atlanta Falcons, their experience, they were here a year ago. Uh, they made it to the big dance, and uh, they they should probably have a ring to uh, to show everybody. But of course, they they let that twenty eight to three lead uh, slip away from them. But uh, you know, Atlanta's been there, done that. They know what to expect. While the Rams, this is ball, this is brand new for them all. I mean, hey, Sean McVay, first time head coach. Jared Goff, second year in the league, first playoff game. Todd Gurley, been in the league for a few years. First playoff game. I mean, this is, that, that's a very interesting point, and it could uh, be a bit a big factor uh, in this one for the for the Los Angeles Rams. But uh, that that's the game I'm really looking forward to uh, Saturday, and then uh, uh, the next day Sunday uh, we have two more uh, wild wild card games uh, being played as well. DJ uh, starting off with the Buffalo Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars, two teams that have not been in the playoffs in a very long time. For Buffalo, it's been over a decade, and uh, for Jacksonville, the former uh, Bills head coach, by the way, Doug Marone, uh, in control of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, one of the top defenses in the league. Very fun to watch. I mean, as a defensive back, DJ, I mean, I'm sure you you love watching Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye uh, over there in Jacksonville and, and the help that they get from the defensive line and then even in the uh, middle at linebackers as well. I mean, they're, they're a, a stacked bunch right there. And while Buffalo's been great and they've been fun to watch, and, you know, Sean McDermott has really uh, done some good things there, although to this day I don't know why he decided to bench uh, Tyrod Taylor, but uh, he's back under center. And we've seen how Nathan Peterman did that one performance as well, five interceptions and a half. Anyways, I think McDermott learned his lesson. He was able to lead uh, Buffalo to the playoffs for the first time, again, in over a decade, and here they are taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I got to go with the home team once again, DJ. I'm going with Jacksonville. I just think they're uh, just overall, kind of like how we were talking about with the Chiefs and Titans, I just think Jacksonville is the uh, better team just about everywhere on the field, uh, probably besides quarterback, honestly. I mean, Blake Bortles has had a really nice stretch over the past five, six weeks. But I'd probably take Tyrod over Blake Bortles if I had to be completely uh, honest. But uh, well, with yeah, that said, um, I probably wouldn't. Though. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go uh, Jacksonville in this one, though. I, mean, I just think they're the, they're the superior team. I mean, Buffalo. I I mean, I'm not sure if you were able to see the reaction uh, when they found out that they're making the playoffs. Uh, there is a, a video recording of uh, of the players in the locker room when they found out that. Uh, they're they're going to the playoffs, and then the fans and, and how they were uh, waiting for the team uh, at the airport. I mean, it was really great to see it. And, I mean, Buffalo, they do have some of the best fans in the NFL. Um, so I do feel good for their fans. But I think that I think it's going to end next week. I, I think their playoff run is going to uh, be cut short, and it's going to stop there in Jacksonville. Um, this is going to be, I think, an interesting game. McDermott uh, is a is – a, uh, I played uh, under him in, in Carolina. He's an awesome – 
you know, defensive coordinator, awesome, you know, motivating guy. So he gonna have those guys ready to go and fire it up. And and that's a and the thing with people, gotta, it's like it's a it's a brand new season. Um, so every everybody who didn't make it is gone. Now everybody who's left has a chance. And at the beginning of the season, I think there was four or five and zero oh, when everybody was jumping on that bandwagon. What was happening was turnovers, and they, fumbles, and interceptions. And that's all he does. He preaches turnovers. He practices the turnover. He practices the script. He practices all this stuff. And when it's happening for you, it's really good. But when you cannot get the turnover, can you play consistent defense? So in the middle of the season, it was like we're not getting turnovers. And you realize, like, you know what? Individually, we're not that good unless we're getting turnovers. And you plan against a team like Jacksonville who is playing on defense. Pretty much, they're. Really, I mean, I think they're the best defense in the league. And then on top of that, they got a young running back. And then on top of that, the coach is like, you know what? We're not giving him a chance to throw interception. So they're playing really, really conservative. But knowing McDermott, hey, listen, he gonna have everybody up on the line. He gonna make Blake Portos beat him, and it's gonna come down to those one-on-one matchups, you know, on the outside. Uh, for Jacksonville, I think their defense is so good. That, hey, listen, it's going to be tough for Tyrod, even though he's going to have some really nice plays. It's going to look really good. He can put it on this highlight film to show his grandkids. Uh, but I think the Jacksonville defense is going to be too much. Yeah, and it's going to be, uh, you know, I'll be interested to see uh, exactly what kind of opportunity the uh, Jaguars coaching staff gives Blake Bortles. Will they be a run-heavy team? Uh, you know, Leonard Fournette, the rookie, uh, first-round pick for them, had a 1,000-yard season, nine touchdowns. He was a big part of their offense immediately uh, this season, mm-hmm. and they had some really good Where's depth that music as from? well. With, uh... <laughs> Is that you doing that? Hey, man, yeah, it's, it's the switchboard. It's the switchboard. Did it throw you off oh, a little okay. bit? Hey, listen, I heard it last time, but I wasn't like – because when I, when I hear the music, it made me think, like, oh, man, we're about to, like, we're about to go on a break or something because I just hear it come no, on. No, no, no. I wasn't <laughs> – I wasn't sure, man. I meant to ask you a couple. Hey, you got a girlfriend, man? <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh, okay. I was making sure because if not, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to fix that for you. Oh, we're going ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're gonna... What's her name? Man? Got that? I, I got that settled. I got. Thanks for working out, though, DJ. Th- thanks for working out. Right, man. You know I what? Hey, that. hey, listen. All the listen. This ain't just you know sports. This is real life. You know, what I, mean? I want you to be happy. I want you to be warm on the inside. You hear me? Oh, I That's got. All. Hey. <laughs> it's all love, my man. It's all love. It's all love. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Jacksonville, again, I think they're just the more superior team. It should be a fun matchup. Good for both of these uh, organizations. And, and, of course, uh, really uh, uh, got to feel good for their fan bases as well. Uh, you know, both teams have not seen success in quite a while. So to see uh, both of those teams have winning seasons and uh, make it to the playoffs. I mean, that that's really good to see. It's really, I mean, eight teams this year, DJ. There's eight teams, uh, eight new teams making the playoffs this year that weren't in it last year. And obviously, uh, these two teams are, uh, these these are two of the eight teams in uh, Buffalo and Jacksonville. Um, and now for the uh, second game, the last uh, wild card game that will be played uh, Sunday, uh, DJ, and that is, I just had it here on my computer screen. Love uh, that will be the... Man. Panthers and the Saints, <laughs> one of your former teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is – and, of course, it's a divisional uh, – you know, this is a matchup that's played two times a year. So uh, this will be the third time that these two 
meet this season. So two teams that are very familiar with themselves, uh, with, with each other, excuse me. And uh, obviously we know Carolina uh, last year, they, 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 they kind of fell off a little bit the year before they were in the Super Bowl uh, before losing to Denver, Peyton Manning's last game, of course. Um, again, fell off a little bit last year. Here they are having another strong season, making it back to the playoffs, taking on a, a team. Again, they, they see the Saints all the time. This is a team that they should be very familiar with. But uh, Sean Payton and what he's been able to do with this team, after getting off to a slow 0-2 start, and uh, you know people were starting to call for Sean Payton's job, believe it or not, and uh, here it, it looks like, uh, as you mentioned earlier in the show, DJ, I mean, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, I mean, uh, besides those two, I, I don't know if uh, any other team is going to keep their coach over a John Gruden uh, type of coach, you know. But uh, very, very uh, highly thought of uh, Sean Payton is. And what he's been able to do with this team, it, it's been very impressive. The, the rookie running back, Alvin Kamara, the rookie uh, defensive back, Marcus Lattimore, they could, be the, they could both win uh, rookie of the year, offensive and defensive. Uh, it, it'll be uh, interesting to see if that could happen. Has not happened in, uh, I believe, over 50, 60 years that one team has had both the offensive and defensive rookies of the year. But, uh, you know, young guys have been a bit, have made a big impact on this team. They, they have a defensive lineman in uh, Trey Hendrickson as well, a late-round pick uh, that, that's been making plays for them. Of course, Cameron Jordan on the defensive line. I mean, this is a team that, uh, you know, for years and years, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't wish their defense on, on your worst enemy. Uh, you, you would not want to touch that defense. This year is a totally different story, making big-time plays they are. And, uh, of course, uh, haven't even mentioned Drew Brees yet, and the, the receiver, uh, Michael Thomas, uh, has been uh, outstanding uh, for them as well. I mean, this is a, a really, uh, really interesting matchup. Really hard to go, but I, I got to go. Looks like I'm just going with all the home teams, DJ. I think I'm going to roll with the Saints. Something about their mojo and what they've been able to do this season and this hot streak that they've been on. Um, I, I'm a big fan of this offense and, and what this defense has turned into as well. I, I think New Orleans uh, is going to be a team that, that goes really deep into the playoff hunt. Yeah, and, and just looking at the, you know the games from early in the season, back in November the Saints won 34-13, which is not a contest. And then uh, earlier, uh, what, 3rd of December, it was Carolina lost 31-21. Um, so you plan against a team Carolina is that you zero and two against um, that that it seems like that you obviously you know are better than you scored thirty one thirty four the other game and Carolina is you know struggling to get twenty one points um, and it's hard to go against the Panthers because they have Lukeika they have Thomas Davis on defense but Cam Newton is one of those guys when the lights are the brightest. Like you just want him on your team. Like he, he normally like just flourishes in it. So I don't, and I'm sure he's watching the fans. Why I struggled the first two times, I'm sure nobody's picking them. Um, and he may come out and do something, you know, really amazing. Uh, but for the Saints, man, that it hasn't been. Their offense is good. Their offense has always been good. Drew Brees is going throw for 5,000 yards whenever he wake up and brush his teeth. He'll just throw a pass and it'll be a <laughs> touchdown. Like you said, nobody wanted to play with them. On. No, I mean, uh, their defense just was bad. Ever since Bountygate, their defense has been terrible, terrible, terrible. And what happened is when you have a good GM, you draft a guy, he's awesome. You draft another guy or pick him up, he's awesome. You get another late-round pick, he's awesome. And a couple of different guys, essentially rookies, have took this team under their wing and change the mentality of it. 
because it ain't it ain't really about Drew Brees. Because he the last couple of years he's been there, you've been like, man, if we play the Saints, it's gonna be a win. When you got those young kids infused, then you have to have talent. No matter how good of a coach you are, if you don't have talent, you will be an awful coach. Everybody will see you anyway. Like you may be a good coach, but if you don't win and you don't have talent, you're gonna be an awful coach. And they figured out a way to draft some talent, got the luck of the draw, hit the lottery, and now you and you in the playoffs. And I'm I'm gonna tell you this: I'm sure the last team they wanted to play was the Panthers. Like you, the Panthers are one of those. Like I said, one of those teams. Like once they if they can get hot, I mean it, it's gonna be really tough. And especially in the NFL, anybody in the NFC. Ain't no telling who gonna win these games in the NFC. In the AFC, you can kind of be like, ah, this should happen, this should happen. You can almost say, you know what, percentage base, yeah. probably good. But the NFC, if you you if you a bad man, you know what, bet on the AFC. Don't do the NFC. Cause ain't no telling yeah. what's gonna happen with these games. I'm gonna go yeah, Carolina. Stay, man. Stay um, I'm in I'm in Spartanburg. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Carolina. I'm gonna go Cam. <laughs> he have a nice All right. suit All right. on, nice hat and glasses after the. Afterwards, and say what's up? What's funny, up with that, man, DJ? What, what's what's? I mean, are, are you are you uh, you know after the game? I mean, would, would you ever uh, uh, style and profile like Cam Newton? I mean, he, he's one of the biggest biggest if, guys if out there. If they paid me a hundred million dollars, <laughs> I would do worse than that. <laughs> what? Give me a hundred million. Watch me walk down the runway. Uh, man, I, I mean, it, it's cool because you just branding yourself. I like the stuff. Right. Like I, I mean, I, I like the confidence. Like the stuff look cool, man. The hats look cool. The glass look cool. He's nice looking. So I like do what you gotta do, um, because the more you market yourself, the more you brand yourself. You gonna be on different commercials or different this, different that. Because at the end of the day, you just adding up. You just collecting checks, man, and and having fun. And if you're confident with it, uh, the more they talk about it, even if they like it or don't like it. Well, the more you're going to be in the light and the more you're going to get. But, man, you got to change it up a little bit, man. You can't just wear a white T-shirt and some jeans everywhere, man. You got to you gotta be fly, man. You got to come out looking like the Monopoly guy every once in a while, right? Hey, listen, every, every week, the Monopoly guy, listen, when you break that game out, there's all his money in that bank. You got to get them houses back to him at the end of that game. You got to put that board up. Hey, you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, yeah, I mean, like you said, if you're a betting man, stay away from the NFC games. Anything can happen. Uh, you know, may, maybe mess around with the AFC games. But, yeah, I mean, these, these NFC games. And, and, yeah, the Saints may have uh, won the two matchups earlier in the year against Carolina. But this is the playoffs now. This is, you know, Carolina is familiar with the Saints. The Saints are familiar with the Panthers. Um, and, this, yeah, I mean, like you said, whether we're talking about the uh, Falcons versus Rams or Panthers versus Saints, I mean, literally anything can happen, and uh, especially with that, that last matchup. I mean, uh, two teams very familiar with each other, and it, there's a rivalry there as well with Carolina and uh, New Orleans. So, uh, again, I mean, just because the Saints have won the first two uh, this season doesn't mean they'll win the most important one uh, come Sunday uh, in the wild card round of the playoffs. Um, DJ, we're going to run and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to stick with the NFL. And uh, I really want to, I'm really interested in, in getting a, a former player's perspective on what James Harrison did uh, earlier in the week, or, or, or maybe I should say what the Pittsburgh Steelers did as well earlier in the week. And uh, we're going to continue the NFL chat as well. If you guys want to, ch- uh, you know, chime in, go for it. 917-889-2653 or, uh, 
give us uh, give us uh, uh, hit us up on Twitter uh, at Chris Shanafelt. Not even gonna spell it out for you guys or at DJ More Thirty. Uh, go ahead and hit us up and, and uh, feel free to send any questions or comments through there, or uh, of course call in as well. Again, you guys are listening to the Chris and DJ Moore Show. Uh, we'll be right back in just a moment. Hey. Welcome back to the Chris and DJ show. Chris Shanafeld, DJ Moore, the former Chicago Bears defensive back on this. Uh, Happy New Year, by the way, everybody. 2018, it's already here. Crazy to think about. Uh, hope you all have had a, a great, safe, and happy holiday. Um, I know it was a long night for me, DJ. How about you? <laughs> oh, man, I was in the house, man, with, with the kiddos, man. So, um 
try to see if they can stay up a little longer so they can see the little ball drop. And after the ball drop, they <laughs> they passed out. So, yeah, I was at the house with the kids. I don't do nothing drop. crazy, man. Yeah. When I was young, yeah, I used to love it. to see the ball drop because I always, 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 for some reason, I thought it was going to, like, drop, drop, and it was just going to, glass <laughs> was going to be everywhere. But, yeah. And then when I actually realized, don't want that like, oh, don't want that happen. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Block it off. You know what I mean. It just it would be. It's just like it low. You know, it's just like, you know what I mean. But it always gets you though. Like once the new year comes, it's like when the countdown comes, it's like I don't know what it is when they get down to three, two, one. I always feel like yeah. something's gonna happen. I don't know why. It's just like ah, okay, we good. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's always exciting. New year, um, new things happen, new opportunity. I, you know, I graduated in May, right? Oh, nice, nice! Congrats! Yeah, man, I need, I need my gift though. I go uh, USC Upstate, Spartanburg, exercise, oh, science, man, strength and conditioning. So, okay. and hopefully, I can get right. my master's after that, so I can uh, come down and be the Bears uh, GM. So, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, you couldn't couldn't be much worse than than uh, you know the the condition that that they're in right now. So uh, you you get my my vote. Well, my it friend. could be worse because it could be the Browns, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> always I actually worse. heard a stat today. The Bears are one of four teams uh, in the NFL. Uh, they, they're actually uh, tied for, I believe, it's uh, third uh, for the longest uh, drought. Uh, since they've been in the playoffs. Uh, last time they were in the playoffs, uh, you were still uh, suiting up for them, DJ. Uh, what was that, back in 2010, when, uh, of course, uh, you guys made the run to the NFC Championship game. Uh, Cutler goes down with uh, an injury, or, or did he? Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, of course, that was the Caleb Haney game. <laughs> um, so that that was the last time the Bears made the playoffs. And, uh, again, they're uh, uh, tied third. Uh, the, the two teams that – uh, have a, a worse or longer drought, of course, the first being the Cleveland Browns and the second being another one of your former teams, DJ, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so I, I don't know what's up with that. I don't know if you're just, uh, you know, if, if these teams let you go and they just automatically uh, give themselves bad luck or what, but uh, seems to, seems to be the case, at least here in Chicago, in Tampa Bay. Um, Carolina's doing all right. But uh, anyways, James Harrison, that's the main topic. This is this is the topic I wanted to talk talk about uh, for for quite a while with you, DJ. And uh, you know, it, it, it's really really fascinating to see some of the former uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Marquise Pouncey, the the center, uh, being the most outspoken. And uh, you know, he, he really really uh, you know spoke his mind on, on this one. And uh, you know, he, he was not happy with it. He says um, James Harrison tarnished his legacy. Uh, actually, both he and Bud Bud Dupree, uh, second-year defensive lineman uh, in Pittsburgh, say uh, that James Harrison tarnished his legacy by doing what he did uh, in Pittsburgh. And, and supposedly he was falling asleep in, um, you know, meetings. And I guess he's a loud snorer, so of course that was a big distraction in meeting rooms. And uh, posted a video and, and was really complaining about his uh, playing time. Now, when they signed him to a two-year deal a, a couple years ago. Um, DJ, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, supposedly promised him, promised him a, a, a lot of playing time that he'd be starting. Obviously, uh, that did not happen, and uh, as we know, it's a business, and, and things could change very quickly, mm-hmm. and that's what happened. They decided to let James Harrison go last week, and he signs with the New England Patriots and uh, actually suited up yesterday, played 27 total defensive snaps, and actually had two sacks. 
Um, so I'm sure uh, Pittsburgh was uh, not too happy when they seen that. But um, anyways, does this really tarnish the legacy of James Harrison in Pittsburgh? I mean, this is a guy that has had a, a Hall of Fame career there in Pittsburgh, a, a big reason why they were able to seal up that victory against the Arizona Cardinals in the Super Bowl uh, back in 2007, mm-hmm. um, 2007, 2008. I mean, if, if James Harrison didn't have that 100-yard pick six, you know, we, we could be talking about an Arizona Cardinals Super Bowl, but instead we're not. Um, and, and this is a guy that has 82, I believe, uh, career sacks. I mean, in NFL, uh, you know, a pro football Hall of Fame type resume and most of his career being played in Pittsburgh. I mean, I got to think, you know, this, over time, you know, I'm sure fans may be, up, may, may be upset about it now, but over time, this has to heal, right? Oh, yeah. Well, well, so correct me if I'm wrong. They're saying that him sleeping in meetings is going to tarnish his career, his legacy in well, Pittsburgh, and then, or and him then going just, to just, the Patriots. Right, so so basically, what he did leading up to his release, kind of, and and he's been, and there's, I read an article on ESPN about it. He was go, going up to the general manager, going up to the coaches, saying, "Hey, if you're not going to play me, release me, release me, release me." They did not, they did not. Like he he went up to them four or five different times, and eventually uh, they ended up releasing him. Um, just, just his overall attitude, and, and uh, I, there, there was a player that said that uh, he did not, uh, you know, bring along the the young guys, you know, the T.J. Watt or, or Bud Dupree, uh, you know, guys that play that similar position. He, he wasn't really treating them very well. I don't know whether to believe that or not. And uh, basically, uh, you know, uh, asking for his release, eventually getting his release, and then going to the New England Patriots. Well, I, to be honest, I think it, I think it adds to his legacy. Um, you got certain guys that are going to teach you. I remember seeing a documentary about Brett Favre and Ann Rodgers, and it was like, hey, man, like, I'm not here to teach you. I'm not your – I'm like, he's not He's not your coach. You know what I mean? Like, I want to play. Yeah. I'm on the team. So me asking them, hey, listen, if you're not going to play me, let me go play somewhere else, I don't think it's tarnishing anything because everybody does that. If you're not playing, instead of going to the gym like, man, what you going to do is you're going to call your agent and say, man, listen – the cat promised me this and this, and I ain't getting it. Like, I want to trade. Like, get me out of here. I want to play. More than anything, I know everybody wants to get paid, but really, everybody wants to play. You know, like, if you're not playing, like, what what am I here for? Um, and, you, and you see him, he go to New England, and he, and he played pretty good. Like you said, 27 snaps and two sacks. That is a awesome uh, uh, ratio. Um, but mm-hmm. if you're in meeting sleeping, you know why you're sleeping? You're not on film and you're trying to get them to let you go. Like like I said, I'm not here to coach you. I'm not here to bring up the young Watts and the young guys. No, man. You figured out. You went to college. You played in high school. You learned the plays and you learned your craft. You learned, you, and, and actually you probably learned more by just watching somebody. And his legacy over these last couple of years has grown, not even on the field, but off the field, him lifting and doing all this other stuff. Uh, so whenever he's done playing football, I'm sure he's going to be on YouTube just lifting weights and getting a million views every time he uh, posts something. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he get out there and with New England, man, and makes makes a lot of noise out there in the playoffs because that defense, honestly, he they probably should let him go a while because that defense has been struggling. They probably – they probably really, really could have used him. So I don't think it's nothing to be wrong with his legacy, um, with his, especially with his personality. 
would you expect him to take a guy under his wing and hug him and say, hey, man, come on, let me show you? Like his legacy is, no, I'm I'm tough, don't approach me because I might punch you in the face. That's what kind of look he got on his <laughs> face. Like if, and if I don't punch you, I might bite your leg off or something. Uh, so I think his, his legacy is intact, man. You can't take away – what happened with that Arizona thing, and he, and, and also, I mean, he's an older guy too, man. Still in shape, yeah. uh, and still, you know, and still making things happen. Yeah, thir- thirty-nine years old again. Uh, first game with the Patriots yesterday, um, three tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble. So, looks like yeah. at, at least that, that one awesome. game. <laughs> at you least that one game. In, in you got to vote him as MVP. Yeah, right. <laughs> What? So we'll see if you can keep that up in New England, man. I mean, uh, that, that's uh, quite, quite an impressive stat line. And uh, talk about an immediate impact by James Harrison. I mean, not even there a week. And uh, there's the 39-year-old, uh, you know, already making big-time plays for the Patriots, uh, making making much-needed big-time plays for the Patriots uh, defense. Uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, you know, sure, you, you, you know, in, in a perfect world, you're, you're going to want a guy that will – eventually be in Canton, Ohio, uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You're going to want them to, to teach, you know, the young guys and carry them along. But uh, at the Ooh. end of the day, those young guys are trying to, man, trying to uh, take his stuff. job. Like, hey, man, come teach me. Now, see, I was different. Now, my last year in Chicago, I was getting benched a lot for some odd reason. But I was one of those cats, I want you to learn the stuff. Like, I wanted you to know it. I didn't mind giving you my, you know, my tricks of the trade. Oh, uh, DJ, I, my I mean, sources that, say otherwise, man. They, they, I, I have guys coming up to me saying, oh, that DJ Moore guy, they, there's no way he'd help me out, man. He was he was stealing oh, my lunch no, money. You ain't never, <laughs> never heard nothing like that. <laughs> but, yeah, but some, but some people are different, man. Like you said, it is. Like, even though, like, what was it, my set 30, I think I got hurt, and I think Corey Graham was out there playing. Like, I want him to do good. But and I want him to do bad. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, you want him to do like it's hard. It's like win, I but... want you to do good, but like I don't want you to do too good. Like I can't afford for you to do too good. Like I can't yeah. afford for that. And when you thinking about it, and if I'm a veteran guy and I'm showing you all my tricks and you doing all my tricks and you young and faster, mm-hmm. well, what does that leave me, bub? Yeah. Outside in the cold. <laughs> Let me in, coach. No, you got to go somewhere else. Well, see you then. Appreciate it. And with James Harrison, I mean, you got to wonder if he would have the type of career that he's had if he was, you know, like that. If he was more of a, a you know, kind of take, taking guys under his wing type of teammate. I mean, this is a guy that came in undrafted from Kent State. You know, not the biggest college, not 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 an NFL or a, a powerhouse that that just flushes out NFL talent. Um, this is a guy that came in. I believe he had a tryout. He wasn't even an undrafted free agent. He had a came in with the Ravens on a tryout. Ended up signing with the Ravens. They decided to let him go after a year or two, and then uh, obviously has a Hall of Fame type career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and again, 39 years old and uh, still making big time plays now with the New England Patriots. Um, James Harrison, number 92 uh, on that Patriots defense, and, and still not the oldest guy uh, on that team. Of course, Tom Brady, they actually had like an Instagram post. I don't know if it was Brady or if it was Harrison that posted the picture, but uh, they, I think it was Harrison. He goes, you know, finally, I'm not the oldest guy on the team. And, of course, Tom Brady, 40 years old, still doing big things there in New England. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, listen, if you 
If you give guys an opportunity, but more times than not, you don't get somebody young and faster to replace. And at the quarterback position, it's easy to do that. At the quarterback, I ain't gonna say easy, but I mean you you don't get hit as much, and especially with them protecting mm-hmm. you. But the position that he plays, and as physical as he is, and all that pain and and all, all that contact he's taking, it's pretty impressive to see. And I think half the time people are just scared of him. <laughs> I think you're right, man. I think you're right. I mean, uh, just, just go to go to Google Images, and, and if you're not familiar with what James Harrison looks like, I mean, you'll have nightmares by just by just taking a look at his uh, a basic shot of uh, or the team photo of a man. I mean, it, it'll give you Pretty, nightmares. You scared of black guys or something? <laughs> oh come on, man! Oh my God! <laughs> he a big black guy. Oh my goodness! I cannot believe. You what you, you look, have look, done. you look into his eyes on, on I'm looking at the, the the team photo right now. You look into his eyes right there, and he you look like he's ready to whoop someone's ass. <laughs> so all black people just want to fight all day. No, oh, this, is just, <laughs> this is just James Harrison. This is just James Harrison. Okay, all right, all right. I'm yeah. Well, we we got a. a We've got about uh, 12 more minutes of this NFL uh, conversation before we transition into the college football playoff talk, DJ. And, of course, we've got those college football playoff games going on right now. But one last Mm -hmm. NFL topic I want to touch on, and this was uh, the the Green Bay Packers. um, And actually, speaking of the Green Bay Packers, their general manager, right before we started this show, DJ, uh, Ted Thompson, who's been there for a very long time and obviously has had lots of success. He's the reason why uh, Aaron Rodgers is there right now is because of Ted Thompson deciding to draft him in the first round. Uh, what pick number twenty-one, if I'm not mistaken, years and years 21, ago. Twenty-one, I remember um, that when he was sitting and sitting. Yeah. And sitting, sitting. Um, he, he's actually going to have a different role with the organization, and they're going to be searching for a new general manager. Um, hmm. so that that was some news that uh, kind of caught me off guard, but. Uh, Still staying with the with the organization, but uh, no longer as GM. So it'll be interesting to see if they hire within the organization or if they go out and uh, you know uh, pick somebody from another organization to run their team and run their roster there in Green Bay. But speaking of the Green Bay uh, Packers, uh, DJ Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this is the guy, you know, best quarterback in the league. Him, Tom Brady, one A, one B. You know, any organization would want these guys. Um, but, you know, we were talking about durability with Marcus Mariota. You know, got, got to talk about it with Aaron Rodgers as well. I mean, this, it, it's tough to rely on him for a full 16-game uh, regular season. And, uh, you know, lately, I mean, this season, uh, of course, uh, missed a handful of games, came back, uh, you know, bad shoulder. Uh, it was a tackle from a Vikings linebacker, uh, Anthony Barr, who, uh, you know, it, it, some thought that was a dirty play. I thought it was a, a clean play, but uh, – you know, some are going to disagree. Anyways, um, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, is it time for them to start looking for another quarterback? They drafted Brett Hundley a, a few years ago. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really sold on him. I don't think that's the guy that you really want uh, to, to, you know, kind of hand over the keys to once Aaron Rodgers does call it a career. He still has a few more years left in him, you got to think. But, uh, you know, when does Green Bay begin to, to start a, a new quarterback search and, and spend uh, – you know, maybe not not necessarily a first round pick, but like how the Giants did just last year, spending a third round pick uh, on a quarterback, which uh, turned out to be Davis Webb there in New York. But uh, you know, when when do they decide that they're going to uh, commit to a quarterback with one of the higher picks that they have uh, to kind of uh, learn and grow under Aaron Rodgers? 
Um, I think it has to happen soon. I think Huntley is okay quarterback. At times he looked okay this year. But it seems like Green Bay is crippled by just Aaron Rodgers. Like, if he's not healthy, they don't win. Uh, and you go around the league and you and you hold when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers in the organization like uh, 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 Chicago or Green Bay, you hold those organizations to a high standard. And when you're not winning – to your fan base, it just doesn't. It just does not uh, make any sense. When Tom Brady's hurt, do the, do New England uh, do New England lose a lot of games? Uh, no, normally yes. Normally but, uh... no. <laughs> normally they don't. They just they just win. Like no matter who was out for them, they win. We talked about when right. Tom Brady got hurt, and then Matt Kelsey come in, they win games. Um, the year where he had to serve the suspension, they had about three three different quarterbacks, or so and they still went three and one. Like you have to have somebody in place um, when when injury happens because your quarterback gets injured all the time. Now before him, it was Brett Favre, and he was as durable as they got. Like he was just always yeah, right. in. No matter what he was in. Now they didn't had a great transition from one great quarterback to another one, but also you went from one great quarterback who's always playing to another one. Well, when he's on, he's on, but when he's off, he's off the field. Uh, and besides that one year with that great run they had when they beat us in the NFC Championship game, went on to beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. I mean, Green Bay hasn't pretty much done much. They run into a really good team in the playoffs, NFC, and 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 they'll lose. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, man, you can't take anything away from him. He is a great quarterback. But they got to figure out some type of a system if it's drafting running backs or giving a better O-line so he don't have to run around and try to create as much or telling him, A, to stop creating as much. Because you got to think about it like this is when RG3 and Kevin Kaepernick and all those guys were running around, you were bashing, man. You running around, you're going to get hurt. But when Aaron Rodgers does it, oh, he's being creative. Yeah, he's being creative, but he's getting hurt just like a running quarterback is getting hurt, and he's hurting the team. So at some point you gotta you got you to gotta sit him down and let him know, hey, listen, I know you're really good, but you're, you, you're putting your team at risk uh, with, 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 with how you plan, even though – Man, you can't take none away from him because he's really creative when he's on the run and when he's outside the pocket. He's probably going to throw a touchdown. But like all the other quarterbacks realize, when you're outside that pocket and one of those big linebackers hits you, guess what? You're not going to be on the field. And besides, like I said, besides that, um, besides that, um, that Super Bowl run, I mean it. I mean, he had, he's a regular season quarterback, I guess you can say. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of times he, he's not even a, a full regular season quarterback because, like yeah. you said, he has to scramble around and make the most out of plays, and, you know, he's taking more hits uh, uh, because of that. And, uh, you know, we, we see, again, this year, uh, Aaron uh, uh, Anthony Barr knocks Rodgers out, and uh, they, they struggle quite a bit with uh, Hundley uh, at quarterback, and, um, you know, I just don't – I think now you kind of have seen – and with that said, this Green Bay, this Green Bay Packers roster isn't all, all, you know, fine and dandy either. This, I, I mean, the, the, just because Aaron Rodgers was out, 
you know, I, I don't know if this was necessarily a, a team that was going to make a lot of noise in the playoffs, even with Aaron Rodgers. Um, of course, they're, they're zero pro bowlers uh, out of the Packers uh, this year. Now, now uh, if Aaron Rodgers was in, that, that would probably be different. Um, not only Aaron Rodgers, but I'm sure he'd probably get a receiver or two in there as well. Um, but without Rodgers, you, you see exactly uh, how much of a toll that could take on, on the Green Bay Packers. And, um, you know, do, do you want, you know, mediocre to – I don't even know if it was really average quarterback play out of Hundley, or, or do you want to start looking and maybe investing more in the future uh, in a younger guy? And uh, again, maybe not the first or, or even the second round of the NFL draft, but kind of like the Giants, you know, third round, maybe even a fourth round pick on a quarterback um, and, and kind of uh, uh, invest and have them uh, under Aaron Rodgers' uh, wing. Now, not with that said, not necessarily Aaron Rodgers has to be, be next to him every single day telling him how to do this, 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 and that. But uh, because, again, this is going to be a young guy that's going to be aiming for his job. Now, whether or not that will ever happen, who knows. But, um, you know, we've seen it. Brett Favre uh, was the starter for many years, and uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't get his first shot until his third or fourth year in the league. And uh, now we've seen uh, the, the type of career that that's turned into. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's time for the Packers to start thinking about the quarterback position, not moving on from Aaron Rodgers, but just uh, you know picking up another young guy uh, to add to that quarterback room. I, I don't know if you uh, or, or Packers fans or, uh, or or you know the Green Bay Packers organization, um, you know the, the front office. I don't know if they're really sold on what they've seen out of Brett Hundley. And you have to think, hey, you know Aaron Rodgers, he, he's a known commodity now. We know he's a great quarterback, but can we rely on him on all 16 games? And when he's not in there uh, under center, you know, let, we, we have to rely on the next man up. And, and like you said, you know, Patriots, whether it's Brady's suspension and Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett is inserted in, uh, you know, they, they find a way to have success. Or years ago when uh, Brady tears his ACL, Matt Castle steps in for the whole season and ends up winning 11 games. Um, you know, it, it's not only the players that you have, but as, uh, also the, the system that you're running as well. And, uh you know, we'll, we'll we'll have to see. I mean, uh, I, I got to think they have to – they'll do something at, at quarterback. I, I got to think at some point. Very early, obviously, uh, the NFL regular season just ended yesterday. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I love the NFL draft season, DJ. I, I don't know if you know that or not, but that, that's probably my favorite. You know, I, it, it, it pains me when the NFL regular season and, you know, even playoffs and then the Super Bowl wrap-up and the NFL season – over, but uh, I love, you know, the NFL combine and, uh, you know, seeing these guys uh, kind of train to be track stars and track athletes um, and put up these ridiculous numbers and then uh, see where they fall in the NFL draft. It's one of my favorite times of the year as well. Oh, yeah, man. So uh, the season is over. Now it's time to start evaluating. And like you said, when you get a new GM like Green Bay has, like which direction he's going to go. Normally they draft guys, develop them. Uh, they don't like to bring in a lot of big free agents. It's just, hey, if I drafted you, I develop you, you play. Uh, will they go in a different direction? Um, so who knows? And next year, like this year, is going to be, you know, a lot of surprises. Without a doubt. Well, DJ, we have one more segment left. We're actually going to take a quick break, and then we're going to uh, talk about some college football playoffs. And then, just like last week, we ended the show with some NBA talk, got a few topics we want to touch on there as well. You guys are tuned into the Chris Shanfield and DJ Moore show. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying. If you guys want to join the conversation, 917-889-2653, or give us a shout on Twitter at Chris Shanfell and at DJ Moore. 
We got some college football playoffs talk and some NBA conversation coming right on the way. Welcome back to the Chris Shanfell and DJ Moore show. I am your host, Chris Shanfell. He's DJ Moore, former NFL defensive back. He, uh, you know, th- th- DJ, this time of the year, your team's out of the playoffs. I mean, uh, is it bittersweet? I mean, you, you get some more family time. You know, you, you get to spend a lot more time with your family. Um, you know, if you make a long run into the playoffs, you know, you could still be playing until February. I, I know that's the ultimate goal, and that's everyone's dream is to play in the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. But, uh, you, you, I mean, is it almost bittersweet that if your season does end like uh, many teams did yesterday, like the Chicago Bears season ended yesterday, um, that, that you still get a, a lot more, uh, maybe not necessarily downtime, but a lot of the family time? 
Uh, yeah, in a sense, but it depends on who you are. You know, are you are you a borderline rookie, which means that you're gonna be a borderline second year player, um, or are you a you know first round pick uh, like a Strabisky and people got doubts about you and you got to hear about that all you know all summer long until the season comes around. You know, what I mean, you know, are you a practice squad player? You know, you're a veteran who may get cut coming into next year because you make too much. Um, so, and also, you know, you're gonna spend time with your family, but it's a lot of things going through their minds, and this is where you really start to kind of you'll take a break, then you start back working out. Uh, you got these young guys coming off these bowl games, and um, they're gonna go to senior bowls and different. You know, everybody gonna have a pro day and all this other stuff, and these are kids that's coming to try to take you about your job. And listen, it's a stressful time, you know. And a lot of people, you confident about your job, but you just never know. Uh, and you pretty much take about a week or two off, maybe, or you may not take no time off. You just always, you just always working, always prepared, making sure um, that you know nobody's taking your. Um, and nobody's taking your uh, your spot. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? There's uh, th- there's a lot going on uh, right now, DJ, in, in the college football playoffs. Um, you and I were just talking about it during the break. Uh, Georgia uh, tied the game up 38-38. Not so fast. Oklahoma with a quick score. It's 44-38, uh, just under seven minutes left in the game. It, it looks like it's a shootout. Unfortunately, I'm not watching it. But it uh, looks like uh, that, that running back tandem, man, of uh, Michael and Chubb that uh, Georgia has, I mean, they're, they're going crazy. They have three total touchdowns, over 180 total rushing yards together. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 266 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. They're running back as well. Uh, Anderson having a big game on the ground, 179 yards and two scores. Um, 45-38 now, extra point is good. Uh, you know, looks like Georgia, though, they were able to come back. They were able to make a little bit of a comeback and uh, still well, plenty of time in this game to, to tie it up and, and maybe take the lead. Well, and I'm assuming what happened, and I ain't watching the game myself. I was just scrolling down Facebook, and somebody said, wow, big turnover. Uh, so I'm assuming, you know, Oklahoma got a turnover uh, and cashed it in or, you know, just pick six or something like that. Um, Georgia has a young, you know, young quarterback. You're gonna expect mistakes in a big game. You're gonna you're gonna suspect mistakes. Um, I watched a little bit of it uh, early, and Oklahoma had their everything rolling, but everybody with adrenaline was ru- rushing through everybody, but everybody was just running around real fast. And when Georgia is a really fast, big physical defense, and when you get them flowing one way, you can go back the other way, or you can go play action. And they were just kind of confusing uh, Georgia pretty much. It seemed like the whole first half. Um, and then I think Georgia went up actually with 38-31. Um, so they kind of that defense kind of dug their hooves in for a little while. And I think Oklahoma is now on the reverse start side, you know, trying to adjust to it. So, and like you said, with those running backs, yeah, man, it, it wouldn't be a surprise to me if. Uh, if you looked up and looked at the game and all of a sudden somebody was running down the field, uh, you know, for 70, 75 yards. So it's been it's been a good game. It's been a game that everybody, you know, want to see. They want to see a lot of points. Um, it's not a traditional, you know, SEC game. Um, so it's just points on top of points. And uh, you're going to see if, you know, Georgia can tie it up. 
And you know what? That's how, you know, being a big 12 team in Oklahoma, you know, that's that's how they want it, man. They're, they're used to shootouts, and uh, if they could put points on the board, then they're happy now. We'll see if their defense could, uh, you know, could try and do something. Like I said, I mean, this running game is really doing – uh, uh, beating to this uh, Oklahoma defense, and uh, you, you you mentioned it as well. Uh, the, their quarterback, Georgia's uh, the, the Bulldogs, Jake Fromm. I mean, solid game out of him as well. You know, it, it's a game where just don't mess up. You know, and I think of uh, of course the NFL totally different, but Trent Dilfer uh, leading the the Baltimore Ravens to a Super Bowl champion back in 2000. You know, the, the legendary Ravens defense and, and Jamal Lewis running the rock, and they they had playmakers just surrounded all around him. And it's almost – they're almost, you know, a young quarterback like Jake Fromm, that, that's kind of – you know, it's almost similar to what they're asking out of him. Just don't mess up. Make the plays when you need to. Other than that, hand the ball off to, you know, one of the two great, great running backs that you have in uh, Michael and Chubb. I mean, uh, they're just both fantastic. And uh, we'll see if they could uh, drive down and uh, either uh, tie this game up or, or take the late lead. Still plenty of time, uh, five minutes, 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter of that game. So they're still going to be pounding the rock. It's a one-possession game. Um, so so I expect uh, I expect this one to be uh, down to the wire, and it certainly looks that way. And in about 10 minutes, DJ, we have uh, the other game, probably the, the game of the week, you know, if you want to go with the NFL and college combined. The game that everybody's been uh, looking forward to is uh, Alabama and Clemson. Uh, number one, Clemson taking on number four, Alabama. Uh, this is this is going to be a really good one. Uh, what, what's your overall thoughts on Alabama's quarterback, Jalen Hurts? He's a guy I really like, and, uh, you know, he's a second-year player, and uh, he, he's a guy that gets it done both uh, on the ground and through the air. Only one interception this season to uh, 15 touchdowns uh, through, through the air, that is. And, of course, uh, eight more on the run as well. I mean, he, he's quite the athlete, and I'm, I'm interested to seeing how he uh, tries and, and picks apart this Clemson defense. I, I don't think we're going to see a similar score uh, in this game, that that uh, to, to what we had in the Oklahoma and Georgia game, I, I don't think it's even close. I think I, it's going to be a. You know, if you're a fan so. of defensive think, football, yeah, yeah. If you're a fan of defensive football, I think you're going to want to watch this next one, Alabama and Clemson. Well, yeah, you got two defensive-driven teams. Um, the big thing for Clemson is is that you know Watson is gone. You know, is the yeah. is a young quarterback ready for the challenge of Alabama? Uh, Clemson is now one of those teams you look at and say every year you expect them to be here. You know, every year there's been a playoff. Well, I guess you've seen, or the last, what, three years or so, you've seen this Clemson team and you've seen this Alabama team. You've grown accustomed to it, um, and now you look forward to it. It's almost, you know, just a, this announces it seems like a, a rivalry game. It's a championship. Yeah, here they go. Here these two teams go. Um for, for Bam, I think they got more experience because they was in it since every year. Uh, these players were in it, you know, last year. For Clemson, there's a lot of them. Uh, but at the quarterback position, you don't have it. They have two young running backs, one of them being uh, Tavian Feast, who's from, you know, my hometown of Spumberg, really fast. They got ETN, who's really fast. They have big home run hitters. Alabama, of course, normally have those really big running backs. And, and they just try to beat you down. Now, Clemson's defense is, is really, really good. So, it, it, like you said, it's going to be a battle, you know, on the defensive side. And, I'm, and, I, and I think Clemson is the underdog, I believe, in this game. Um, I think a lot of people are picking Bama. I think, to me, I think Bama's going to uh, make it happen. Uh, I think you have to do something. I mean, once you got blessed with them just putting you in the game, 
when you didn't play in your uh, conference championship, uh, you got to make you know make something happen. Uh, and with the game from Oklahoma and Georgia, it looked like uh, Alabama's gonna have to represent, you know, for the SEC if uh, if uh, Georgia can't do anything with uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, you know what? I I don't. I'm not sure. I, I want to say, you know, I, I want to say I, I want to go with Clemson, but Alabama, man, I mean, given Nick Saban all this time to prepare and, uh, you know, this, this is a team, you know, they, they've met each other. Uh, this will be the third time uh, in, in the playoffs, uh, the last two being in the actual championship game. Um, so, you know, there, there's some familiarity with uh, both, both of these uh, teams. And, uh, I mean, Nick Saban and, and what he's been able to do over time there at Alabama and what Dabble's done at Clemson, uh, is very impressive as well. And, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, these are two teams that every year uh, over the last few years now, you expect them to be in this conversation for the college football playoffs for the national championship game. And, uh, you know, I, I want to say I want to go Clemson this one, but yeah, you know, I, I think I have to, I might have to go with you DJ and go, go with Alabama. I mean, this is a team that, you know, like you said, they, they're blessed to be right here, man. Maybe, maybe they didn't deserve that fourth spot. But uh, they, they, they were able to slide in and, and get that last spot, and, and now they're playing the number one team in the nation in uh, Clemson. And, uh, you know, just, just the idea of – and I love Dabo Sweeney as well, but just the idea of, of uh, giving Nick Saban all this time to prepare. And, and as we know, Alabama, I mean, they're, they're stacked at every position, really like their uh, defensive back, Mika uh, Fitzpatrick. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be – going to be a lot of fun this game's going to be uh be uh getting uh getting kicked off in about three minutes from now so uh you know once we're off the air dj that's definitely what i'll be tuned into and uh it's going to be a lot of fun uh but yeah you know what i, I think even last week i was going clemson and you know throughout the week and then even to now i, I wasn't really too sure but I, I think you talked me into going with the uh the crimson tide on that one well i, I don't know i just don't see and I, and I'm not a Nick Saban fan. I, I I really don't think he's that good of a coach. I think he recruits some really good players. Um, they five star, they bigger than your guys, and that's that's what it is. Um, but it, I I just can't see if now he. I just I think he has a lot enough pride though to say, hey man, you're not gonna beat me. You know what I mean? Like it seemed like to me he's a little more scared of Clemson than Clemson should be of Alabama. This deep, it, and it's not about Dabo. To me, it's about uh, Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator. Clemson, he has came in and turned that defense into something special. Um, so yeah, that defense. And they haven't been able that. to crack that defense. Uh, so that and that and that's gonna be the problem. But I think it hurts them, and I think I think they're gonna just figure it out. If he doesn't just stare down, really, and that's his problem. Hurts, he'll just stare down his number one receiver and never come off of him. And if he does that against Clemson, uh, he's gonna be in a world of hurt. But at the beginning, it's probably gonna be a defensive battle until you know somebody kind of starts to figure some things out. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. Playoffs. Hey, listen, Georgia got the ball, 38-45, three minutes now, second down, driving. So this is it right here. This is for all the marbles, man. Yeah, right. That's that's this. Hey, and that's that's all you could ask for, man. I I don't want any blowouts in, in the college football playoffs. I mean, I don't want any blowouts in the NFL playoffs, Super Bowl, whatever. If I could just get a great game, whether it's a high scoring game or a low low scoring game. Whatever this this is this, this is what you asked for though forty five thirty eight you know three minutes left in the game one it's one possession you know one score game I mean that that's 
I think that's about all you could ask for. So uh, I'm going to have to go back. Yeah, and true. I did I did record this game, so I'm going to have to go back and watch this one uh, probably right after the uh, the live um, the, the the live uh, Bama and Crimson Tide uh, Bama and Clemson game that's going to be uh, getting started here in just a minute. But uh, DJ, with the college football playoff, uh, we're going to make a quick transition into the NBA. So so we're done with football. An hour and 45 minutes spent on football. You got to love it. Let's let's talk NBA now, though, and uh, you know we're still gonna get some football thrown in there as well, though, because I'll, I'll go with this. I mean, what what's more impressive, DJ? I mean, you got uh, I mentioned James Harrison doing what he's doing at 39 years old. Can't believe it, and at linebacker especially outside linebacker, especially, you know, a, where you're making contact with uh, other players, um, you know, every single play. I mean, I, I gotta think it, you wake up the next morning feeling like you're just in a, a terrible car wreck or. or or something. I can't think your body's feeling very good, and I'm sure you could answer that. But um, you got James Harrison, 39. You got Tom Brady, who's 40, still playing lights out, playing the best of his career, really. Um, and, and then you got LeBron James, who, who he's 33 years old. But uh, what he's doing, averaging 28 points, I believe eight rebounds and, and nine assists. Yeah, 27.8 points, eight rebounds, nine assists so far this season. Um, you know, the Cavaliers got off to a, a little bit of a slow start. Uh, he just turned 33 a couple days ago, and uh, two totally different sports, DJ. But uh, you know, all the running around, and I mean, the, the guy's a freak of nature. LeBron is. I mean, what's more impressive to you? What LeBron James is doing, at, uh, doing what he's doing at the age of 33 in the NBA, or what Tom Brady's doing uh, at the age of 40 in the NFL? Uh, I think uh, LeBron probably. Um, you would think there will be. Because in basketball, you can kind of create a scheme to kind of stop people. Um, in football, it's just a little bit hard because they have such a perfect system. Because like we said, like when he's not in there, the other guys run the system okay as well. Um, but in the NBA, you already know, i got to stop LeBron, and I cannot do it. Like you go into the game knowing that i got to stop somebody, but I just can't do it. Now, he is a little bit bigger than everybody else, and I think he has slowed down just to like maybe – a centimeter, maybe, but he is—he is impressive, man. Unselfish, plays defense. He loves to—he uh, loves to pass the ball to teammates. Um, like he—he—he he, he, like if you had a player and you could make him like when you was young and you would create a player and you'd be like, oh man, I'll make my center six nine and dribble. He's like, no, you can't do that. Point guards ain't six nine. You can't do all that. Like, well, here he is. Like he's a created player that you make, um, you know, uh, while you plan the year. And he, he's impressive to see. And, and, and honestly, when as you watch the game, when you see Ben Simmons, even though Ben Simmons can't shoot, he kind of reminds you of a, a big guy, 6'10", that can handle the ball. So it's impressive to see guys of their stature just do so much offense, defense, Whatever you need them to do, uh, I mean, they can do it. So it's, it's impressive to see them out there. Even though you get used to it, it's like, it's still really impressive, though. Yeah, you, you know we're used to it, and, and it's it's a shame because once he calls it a career, you know it's gonna be like, damn, wish we, you know, I, w- I wish I, I didn't take him for granted as much as I did. I mean, you know, he's been playing for you know what 15 years now, uh, and he still has a lot left in the tank. LeBron does, um, and, and the Cleveland Cavaliers, like I said, they got off to a little bit of a slow start, uh, but now they're back to, to 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 where everybody kind of expected them to be, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you know, LeBron brought uh, Dwayne Wade 
uh, over. He's coming off the bench. Somebody else that they're going to be getting back, though, DJ, and that's Isaiah Thomas, who last year was was the man in Boston. I mean, he he was uh, he was absolutely great for the for the Boston Celtics last year, uh, averaging 28 points and five assists. Um, and uh, I, I think the trade uh, it, it really surprised a lot of people, and, and uh, including Isaiah Thomas. Um, he's with the Cleveland Cavaliers now. He's making his debut on Tuesday. I mean, uh, should we expect Boston Isaiah Thomas, or I mean, exactly how much of a step back does he have to take uh, now teaming up with LeBron James? Uh, I think Chris Bottas probably said it best. He said, "People, you got to realize, man, it is tough. It is really yeah. tough playing with you know with LeBron James because you used to having some of somebody doing a certain thing." And when you play LeBron, it just changes. Isaiah Thomas was very ball-heavy, dominated. He dominates the ball. He comes off pick and roll. With, with the Celtics, he had the ball a lot. And, well, can he play off the ball now? Because LeBron is the guy that, that controls the ball. Or uh, will LeBron let him, you know, handle the ball? Because he's not a traditional point guard. He's essentially you, you traded Kyrie Irving for a smaller Kyrie Irving. It's somebody who dominates the ball, somebody who shoots a lot. Um, so, there, I mean, he can finish. He's a small guy, but he can finish and pull up and shoot over top of you. But, it, you know, it, it's yet to be seen because he hasn't played yet. Will he be able to fill that void that Kyrie Irving left, that guy that can hit it, the shot at the end of the game like Kyrie did against um, against Curry in the finals? Can he be that guy, that Batman and Robin or uh, or my plus one because LeBron at the end of the game he doesn't want to like he wants to share he doesn't want to shoot it and and can you know can he be that guy to make that happen or can D Wade be that guy can they be healthy at the right time uh, because you know when D Wade is healthy he's really good but like like when is he ever healthy you know of late you know he shows his age but LeBron you know doesn't. DJ, I got to do a quick update, man. It's 45-45, Georgia, Oklahoma. We're all tied up with 55 seconds left in the fourth quarter. I'm watching it live, man, on Facebook. (laughs) I don't know who posted it on Facebook, but I know it has to be illegal, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, man. Hey, that's the hookup. uh, You you can't rat them out, so. uh, Yeah, now listen, they supposed to, I'm going to tell you what happened when they kicked that field goal. They supposed it was supposed to have been outside. The pig old kicker moved and everything. Oh, so, yeah. But with a Big Twelve team with fifty five seconds, man, listen, uh, they yeah, can be yeah. down the field in no time. Yeah. Hey, especially with Baker football, in way, man, Baker Mayfield, it's my boy. <laughs> yeah, and in college football too, man. It's and I never knew what the rules were like that. Once you get past. The first down marker, I mean, it, it stops anyway. So right now they almost yeah, right. the city already. So it's 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 a weird thing though. Yeah, gave gave Oklahoma a little bit too much time to work with. We'll but, see. I mean, forty two seconds too, in the overtime as well though. Overtime in college football is the best thing ever. Like it's just, huh? You in scoring range? Go, yeah. go. So it, it it really truly does make it you know very exciting if they can have a college football playoff. Uh, go to you know go to extra time man. This is probably good. and I haven't watched the whole game, but it, it seemed like with the back and forth, this can be one of the one of the greatest college games ever played, man. Just seeing how this thing is just just going. Yeah, definitely. Especially you know, I, I mean, at least 
uh, it's certainly going to be in the conversation for uh, when the college football playoffs have been in existence. It's only been in existence for a few years now. So, uh, you know, this, again, I've only, I was only able to watch the, the very beginning as well, DJ. So uh, again, I, I'm going to have to go back and watch this one, but yeah, I mean, this looks like it was a, a fantastic game, a very entertaining game. And uh, if it could, if it could, if Oklahoma could just slow down a little bit and, uh, you know, let, let this game go into overtime, I'll have to make a quick call to Buffalo Wild Wings or something, see if they could uh, hijack this game somehow. Uh, that will be fantastic. That will be awesome if this could go into overtime. Um, one last yeah, NBA or topic, if they can have one of those last-second bombs or something, so, you know. Hey. Oh, yeah, yeah, finish the game off with Either that. Way. That'd be great. Especially, I mean, Baker, Baker Mayfield, I mean, he, he's, he's the talk of the talk of college football right now. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, one last one last NBA topic, DJ. Here in Chicago, I mean, uh, the Chicago Bulls. It, it was going to be a, a terrible Ooh. season. It was going to be a tank season. They Ooh. start the, they start the year off three and twenty, <laughs> <laughs> and here they are. They've won ten of their last twelve since Nikola uh, Nikola Mirotic has come back from uh, injury. Uh, teammate Bobby Portis uh, and, and Mirotic got into a, a argument. Got into a little bit of fight, and uh, Portis. Uh, broke Miritich's jaw, <laughs> and uh, but but since oh. Miritich has come back, man, I mean he's been great, and uh, there, there's been a lot of conversation lately. Uh, should the Bulls get rid of one of the two? They they seem to have uh, squashed the beef. I, I guess supposedly that they're not really talking yet, but uh, you know they, they they could uh, they could handle each other, they could play with each other, and um, you know they they've been on this hot streak. Should they get rid rid of one of the two? They've both been playing really well, especially Miritich. Uh, should they get rid of one of the two, or, or should they, uh, you know, get rid of one of the two, excuse me, and, and, you know, continue this tank experiment that everybody thought was? Or should they, uh, you know, they have Zach Levine coming back very soon, the former uh, Timberwolves star that they traded for in the offseason, that Jimmy Butler deal, they have him coming back soon. Uh, should they kind of uh, try and ride the wave and, and see where it could take them, and maybe they could uh, try and uh, make a, la- a, a late run and maybe grab a seven or eight seed in the uh, Eastern Conference playoffs? Well, you know what I think right now. I I think right now you just you just let him let him run, let him play. Uh, You know what I mean. So make sure they, you know, jumping on each other right now. Levine is gonna come back. Now, as a player, I don't think he's proven. Um, As a dunk contest artist, he is very well proven. Um, (laughs) But I mean, if he can get out there and play. You know what I mean? Kind of like a Westbrook style. Even though he, he has really a laid-back game, even though you see him attack the rim during a dunk contest, in the games he doesn't do it like that, though. And that's what type of player I think, you know, Chicago, you need kind of that Derrick Rose type, like, hey, take over the game, take it to the rim. Because right now what Chicago is struggling with is, I call it the Derrick Rose hole. Like, once he got hurt and, and couldn't perform like he did and had to let him go, I mean, that's – you know, you're going to struggle until you kind of find, you know, another guy. And I grew up liking the Bulls like a lot of other people did because Jordan was the biggest thing since whenever. And, you know, Tony Kukos was my favorite player. But it's just <laughs> you got to you gotta find – you just got to find players. I think in the season, man, if they playing good, man, listen, trade. You get rid of both of them, honestly, and try to, try to get yeah. some pieces if you keep – you know, Mir's a big guy who can shoot around, shoot outside. That's what everybody does now. If you're a big guy and can't shoot threes, it don't even make sense. Everybody shoots threes. Like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. Everybody shoots threes. So, 
I think you can get a guy who can shoot, but you also got to have people who can distribute, who can attack the basket, and they and they missing they missing a lot of stuff. Uh, so yeah. hopefully, eventually, that you know they get something, get something going, or get another. I guess you call it another, you know, Derrick Rose type player, Russell Westbrook type. Hey, they can attack, attack the rim, bring some excitement, draw some people in. Um, but if not, man, you got to move some pieces. And hey, if you playing good, I'll be looking to, you know, to move you to get some new prospects and draft picks and move around, man, and uh, uh, make something happen. Well, especially in the two they got into it, Miritich and Portis, they're both uh, and they're both playing well, but they're both power forwards. As is the the rookie first round pick, seventh overall pick, uh, Lowry Markkinen, who they invested a lot in, and uh, you know he, he's actually been playing really well uh, also. So uh, you know you have a lot of depth there at power forward, and if you need to get rid of one of the guys, or you have a trade offer that comes across the table that you really like, and it involves one of those guys, Miritich or Portis, then. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to uh, pull the deal. And, of course, Zach Levine, we mentioned him. Uh, he was just uh, assigned to the D-League team, which uh, a lot of teams do uh, for a player when they come back for uh, injury. Um, they'll, they'll send him to the D-League team for like a game or two before they bring him up for the regular season. Um, you know, if he could continue, uh, you know, playing like how he was last year before he tore his ACL in 47 games last year with uh, Minnesota, you know, kind of being the third guy there um, in Minnesota but besides Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Zach Levine averaged 18 points, man. I mean, if if they could get you know something even close to that with, with the the guys that they have, Chris well, Dunn playing yeah. really well at point guard, and uh, you know Lowry Markkinen, and who knows if Smirtich is sticking around or not. But if he keeps up this hot streak, I mean, you know maybe they can uh, you know pull 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 some more uh, wins together, and um, not necessarily be a force in the Eastern Conference. You know, I know it's a weak uh, conference; it is getting a little stronger year after year, but. Uh, you know, I, I think they could be a, a fun fun team to watch. Well, yeah, and what's going to have to happen, too, is you got to look at the league. What's the league doing? Everybody's shooting threes. Like, you got to find a way yeah. to get people around a guy who can attack the basket and shoot mid-range, shoot threes. When you have um, Levine who can attack the basket, like, how many shooters do you have around? When last time the Bulls were, were good when they had Heinrich, um, I forgot the guy. And Gordon. He was number. No, he was number five. White guy. Um, he might not have been a white guy. He might have been from somewhere. He was a white guy, but he might. Oh, Nocioni. Andres Nocioni. Yeah, yeah. So he, I mean, they had like you know players who could actually shoot. I mean, that kind of fit the mold of the way that yeah. teams play now. Um, but you had those players that can actually shoot the ball from the outside and give you points. And nowadays, if you can't hit threes. At an efficient rate, or just just shoot them. I mean, a, I mean, like I said, at an efficient rate, you're gonna struggle in the NFL. I mean, NBA, you just gonna struggle. You yeah. just you just have to shoot and hit threes. I'm I watched the you know Curry and their highlights from their games, and it's like every time the ball goes up is a three. Fast break two on one is <laughs> a three. Fast break one on four is a three. Don't even care. Like everything a three because if I shoot a three pointer and hit it, I get three hey, points. DJ. You shoot left, you get two. I, yeah. I hate to cut you off, man. We have 15 seconds left on the stream. I'm Didn't sorry, want to have a, 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 a messed up uh, a cutoff. But, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Until next week, everybody, hope you guys enjoyed the show, and happy holidays. Happy New Year. We on video everybody. next week. Hello.